Today's scripture comes from the book of John, chapter 1, verses 40 through 46. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, which, when translated, is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Peter, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Grace, uh, for sharing that scripture with us. Hey, uh, hello, everybody. Uh, you know, I also want to say about how great it was last Sunday with our annual serving day called Outside the Walls. We had more than 150 people, and we completed more than 20 different projects. I was with the group that was across the street at Oaks Park. And uh, so trash got picked up. There were several, you know, weed eaters that were humming along. Uh, I was part of pulling weeds up all around the basketball court. Trash cans and picnic tables got repainted. Uh, and the Oaks Park signs uh, posts were revarnished. You know, that morning I saw a lady driving in a shiny black car, and she turned on to Ann Street. And she saw all these people working in the park, and she just kind of craned her neck as she went by. You know, I'm wondering, what is going on here? Last Sunday, we lived out all five of our values. Of course, the missional value was center stage, uh, but it was also relational, practical, generational, and invitational. And as you can see, there's a little icon by each one of those values. So relational has the heart value, practical has the Bible, uh, relational has the heart, practical has the Bible, generational has the larger person and the smaller person, uh, missional has the globe, and invitational has the envelope. Well, this is the last Sunday in our series called Love My Church. And that's the back of my car. And you can see I've got the, the Love My Church decal on there. And um, so I have about a dozen of these decals left. We started with 200 at the beginning of the series. And so I am planning that I'm not going to bring any home. So uh, come up to me after worship. I'll, be, I'll have these in my hand and just uh, reach out and I'll, I'll make sure you get one and we'll, till, till they're gone. Um, and, after, and as you can see there, the, the graphic of the church um, resembles the east entrance of Faith Westwood, doesn't it? It doesn't say the name of our church, though. And that's because this is not an advertisement. It's a witness. Uh, let's pray. And as we begin our prayer time, I'd like to give you a full minute to bring whatever is on your heart to God. 
Jesus, you have named us and claimed us as your own. You have promised to be with us always. You have called us your friends. You have forgiven us our sins. And you have promised to fill us with the Holy Spirit. And so today, Lord, we say yes. We are yours. And we give you all the praise and glory. In your name we pray. Amen. I remember some years back when the church council was working with me and we were formulating these values. And this was several years back. And we all agreed that the invitational value was the most challenging of the five. So here's my question. How can we be invitational and not come off as Ned Flanders? In case you don't know, Ned Flanders is uh, Homer Simpson's extremely religious and unbearably nice neighbor. Oakley Doakley, right? Ned Flanders. Anyway, nobody wants to be Ned Flanders. And I'd like to invite up a couple of people who are definitely not Ned Flanders, uh, Karen and Randy Goffner. So if you'll come on up here. Uh, Karen and Randy uh, first started coming to our church about seven years ago or so. Here you go. You're the white. Here we go. Thank you. And, uh, and I think maybe about three and a half years ago, they, they took the next step and became uh, partners at Faith Westwood. So anyway, uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves, you guys, um, and, and, and how you found yourself at Faith Westwood. Okay, so... Um We've been married for 36 years. We have three children. Uh, they're up on the screen. We finally got them all together for a photo with all the grandbabies, with everybody being sick and things going on. That's difficult to do. Yeah. Uh, one of the spouses was sick. So all of them are married and live here in Omaha, and we're so blessed to have them in our lives and here as part of the church. Uh, you probably recognize Bro Shane on the, on the right, singing up here in the contemporary. Um, but so we first started coming because because of that. Yeah. And um, uh, anything more, Randy, about about how you ended up here? Or yeah, I think uh, this was more of a trickle down effect for us, where our oldest son Ryan and Bro, they call him, or or the young man behind that keyboard. Um, I think they got invited here by Shane and Jess Campana. Mm -hmm. uh, some time ago, so it kind of trickled down until we uh, decided to come here, and uh, when we walked in the door, it just felt like home. Yeah. You know, I call uh, Shane uh, Campan, I call him uh, <clears throat> Shane McCartney, and you're Shane, I call uh, Shane Lennon. <laughs> so they're, they're the two Beatles in our church, yeah. All right. And uh, anyway, uh, <clears throat> if someone were to ask you how have you experienced God? Maybe over these last seven years since you've kind of made your, found your way here, what would you say? Well, for, for me, um, like I said before, the minute I walked in the door, I've, I felt something different hmm. that I've never felt at any other worship or place of worship. Um, there was an open hand, there was a warm hug, there was a friendly face, and uh, we didn't know anyone. 
So it was good for us to uh, get in and get involved, and uh, we're kind of behind-the-scenes people, so we yeah. volunteered a lot with Outside the Walls, and I know Karen here is on one of the mission teams, and we've done some small groups, so if we can do it, anybody else can do it. So this is a big step for you to come and sit up here and be, talk in front of people, isn't it? What about you, Karen? So I saw a saying last week, and it said, surround yourself with people that are good for you, good to you, and good for your soul. And that's how I feel about the people I've met for this through this church. You know, get involved and um, get to meet people. The more things you get involved with, the more people you meet, and the more strong friendships you get from it. And for me, it's the message um, that you give that goes with the reading for the week, and then the music. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty emotional, as Shane knows. I'll be known to cry when the songs are going. That's when I really oh, yeah. get spiritually touched. And you're not the only one, you know? <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, and I know that you all have invited some people since, since you started coming here. And uh, so what kind of, what motivates you to, to do something like that? I just want them to experience the same things that we experience when we come here. And um, they may have come at first to hear Shane sing because they've heard him sing before. Oh, yeah. And we had a good friend, Bill Bowser, that came with us for years. Um, this was, he, it felt like home to him the very first time that he came here and he became friends with a number of people here. Sometimes it's just something as little for him was at communion. He couldn't hold the little cup because he'd shake too bad. So he loved that you could go to communion and just dip the bread. Yeah. You know, just something simple that you don't even think could make a difference. Yeah, you know, Bill loved being here, didn't he? he? Did. And uh, it was such an honor to get to have his funeral service here. And, of course, I know that, you know, once you, he started coming here with you all, then uh, he kind of had an open invitation, right, with you all for lunch afterward? Right, he'd typically go to brunch with us, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anything more? I'd like to say just, uh, like I said, when we first started here, there was something about the culture that's been established in here. Um, I think from Steve and all of his staff, um, all the members, uh, really make you feel welcome and at home. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you all. Okay, uh, today we are looking at our invitational value, and, and we have a statement that, that spells out what we mean by that. What does it mean to be invitational? And so let's put it up here on the screen, and uh, let's say it together, shall we? We invite others into our lives and into a relationship with God. And what I have found is that over, over the years is that these two things go together. Uh, inviting people into our lives and inviting them into a relationship with God. God is always at work in my friendships. And God is always at work in your friendships. A couple of months ago, someone was eating dinner at our house uh, with us, and, and before the meal began, um, I offered a prayer that's, you know, pretty standard at our house. Trish or I will, will uh, pray and and, and now, I, I've also realized that there are two kinds of prayers. There are perfunctory prayers and personal prayers, right? 
it's easy to kind of fall into the perfunctory prayer. Kids, you can go home and look up that word, perfunctory, okay? What does that, what does that mean? Uh, I don't want to be a perfunctory prayer. I want my prayers to be sincere and real, and I want to, my prayers to express the, the, the deep desires of my heart, the real me. And I especially wanted to pray that way that day because in that prayer, I was inviting our guest for that moment into a relationship with God. And I hope that she might find herself thinking, I want to know God like that. And if I had prayed a perfunctory prayer, I don't think there would have been any chance that there would be that kind of response. Let's open our Bibles to John's Gospel, chapter 1, starting with verse 40. Uh, that was the passage Grace just read to us. If you're in the Pew Bible, uh, go to page 1063. Now, right before this, John the Baptizer uh, points to Jesus, tells his disciples that that person there and calls him the Lamb of God, that meaning that he is the one to take away the sins of the world. And that's when two of John's disciples right then get up and they start following Jesus. So let's take a look at verse 40. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. So what does Andrew do? First thing, he goes to get to his older brother. Now, I'm guessing Andrew's the younger one. I don't really know, but... Probably. Verse 41, 42 says, The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Obviously, Andrew didn't, you know, wrestle his brother down and hog tie him up and drag him against his will. He invites Simon. Maybe he says, You got to meet this guy, Simon. And Simon says, okay. In the rest of verse 42, Jesus gives, is when Jesus gives Simon his nickname Peter, meaning the rock. And verse 43 says, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. So apparently Andrew and Simon, uh, they're the south uh, part there in, in Judea where John is baptizing. And then they head, head north to territory that Andrew and Simon are more familiar with near Lake Galilee. And this is where Jesus meets Philip. Verse 43 continues. Finding Philip, Jesus said to him, follow me. Now, I am guessing that Jesus meets Philip through Andrew and Simon. Because as we learn in verse 44, it says, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, that's Simon Peter, was also was from the town of Bethsaida. And I can imagine them saying, hey, Jesus, there's this guy that we really would love to have come and meet you. Uh, we have known him since we were kids. His name is Philip. And then, you know, to kind of continue the chain, Philip invites someone. Verses 45, 46. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, hey, we have found the one. Moses wrote about in the law about the one uh, whom the prophets also wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. 
Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. I know people like that, don't you? But instead of saying nothing good comes from Nazareth, they say nothing good comes from religion. The last place I'd ever look for answers is in a church. I know some of you, though, at Faith Westwood. It wasn't that long ago some of you were skeptical of organized religion. But now you've come to see that we're, we're not really very organized. <laughs> and, and we're more of a community of, a community of followers. We're just sharing the journey together. Fortunately for Nathaniel, he's got a buddy. He's got a friend whom he trusts, and, and Philip simply invites him, come and see. Isn't that a great invitation? Come and see. Just, just, just come. Try it. Nay, just come with me. Uh, check it out for yourself. And in this passage, we see that Jesus' movement spreads from one person to another, from one invitation to to the next. Now, the big question is why? Why would Andrew invite Simon? Why would Philip invite Nathaniel? And why would I want to be invitational? Now, the first reason that I would want to be invitational is this. Jesus has led me to experience the wonderful love of God, and he has forever changed my life Jesus has loved me and forgiven me. He has changed me. He's still changing me, changing the world. It's like a fire that wants to share its warmth. And the second reason I want to be invitational is because I care about this person. And I am eager for them to experience the same thing. Romans 5.5 says that God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. This means that, that you experience this love of God for yourself and the joy that comes with it, and then you just naturally wants to flow out of you to others. You want others to know that God loves them, that he loves them so much that he gave his only son that they might not perish but have God's full and lasting life. You know, there, there are people I am praying for that they would come to know Jesus in a deeply powerful, personal way. Some of them seem interested, and some of them don't seem really very interested at all, at least not yet, but I keep praying. Some of them I would invite to Sunday worship. Some of them I might send them a link to a message that I thought might really kind of, they might be interested in. Uh, some of them I might say, you know, I think for the first step, I'm going to invite them to my small group. That would be the best place for them to start. And some of them I th feel like, you know, I just need to be a friend and, and ask questions and invite them to share their thoughts with me. Like I say, I believe that God is at work in every one of my friendships. Now, the question about... How to be invitational, that was the why, the how to be invitational is answered by our BLESS acronym. You see those on the two banners on either side. Uh, there are, you know, a few other churches that use the, the BLESS uh, acronym. Uh, as far as I know, we're the only one that's added the motto, be a blessed friend. 
with, with people in my life that, who don't know Jesus, I want to be that kind of friend. As it says on the banners, I want to be the kind of friend who begins by praying for them. I don't mean necessarily praying for them in front of them, although sometimes that can happen, but just being in prayer for them, who listens to them with care, who, who eats with them, who serves them in love, and who shares with them my story. I remember it was a spring of my senior year in college, so not long before I graduated. And I, I had a friend that I'd had several classes with over the years. Uh, she and I were both music majors, and so we had kind of known each other a lot. We had been in choirs together as well. And anyway, one day she opened up about the pain in her life. And she said how sometimes it, she, would, she would go to a bed with a guy just because she wanted to have a warm body next to her. I was, I was kind of surprised she, she shared that with me. And then we, we were sitting out on the steps in front of her apartment building. And I asked if it would be okay if I prayed for her. She said yes, so I prayed out loud, outside, um, sitting on those steps. It's been a long time. I can't remember what I prayed, but I do remember this. I remember her reaction when I finished that prayer. I, I can still see this, the smile on her face, and she said, no one has ever prayed for me before, just for me. And, and I could tell she was deeply moved, more than I would have even expected. Now, I have not seen her since graduation. We became friends on Facebook a few years back, and I, and I found out that she now is uh, someone who belongs to Jesus. Uh, I, I like to think that, that, that my prayer was like an invitation for her into a relationship with God, and that it was maybe one of the steps of her journey in coming to know the Lord. So, just trying to be invitational, you know, messing it up a lot, missing opportunities sometimes, but still, still trying. We invite others into our lives and into a relationship with God. And that means being the kind of friend who cares and who listens. It means sometimes waiting for that right moment, being, being, waiting for the nudge of the Spirit to, to take a risk, to take the conversation a step further. If you would like to learn more about the, the who and the why and the how of being a blessed friend, I would invite you to our next Blessed Friends Lunch. It is going to be uh, on Sunday, October 24th. Uh, we're going to start at noon, and the first half hour will be the lunchtime, and then the second half hour will be our session about learning and encouraging each other and being a blessed friend. Uh, and we, our promise is that we're going to be done by one. So this isn't going to take you any more time than if you go out to eat. And if you need child care after the lunch from 1230 to 1, let us know. Hopefully we can arrange it if we need it. You know, I look out at you, so many of you, and I know that you love the Lord and you love this church. And I believe that being invitational 
And being a blessed friend is the future for Faith Westwood. It is the future for us. Imagine if we all experienced God's love in a powerful, life-changing way. Imagine if we were all eager for others to experience that same thing for themselves. Imagine if we all learned to be a blessed friend. A church like that would lead many, many people to know Jesus. Christian guy I met uh, once named Bill uh, told about a good friend of his who was definitely not a person of faith, but Bill kept being his friend and kept praying for him. But one Saturday, their conversation kind of turned into a spiritual direction a little bit, and, and Bill felt that the time was right to invite his friend to his church. And he ended by that little invitation by, said, by saying, bet you a nickel that you like it. Well, the next morning, his friend actually showed up. And after worship, his friend walked up to him, flipped him a nickel. <laughs> they both smiled. It was, it was the beginning of something new. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are the Father's personal invitation to come and see and today, right now, we say yes to you. We say yes to your love. We say yes to your forgiveness. We say yes to the new life you give. Make us like you, Lord. Make us inviters. Shift our hearts so that we are eager to represent you and bring you to others. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Let's stand.